Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community. We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different. In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all. Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about engaging allies and cultural advocates. What does it mean? What does it look like? And why is it important? And one thing that really you know, brought this to my attention and why I thought this was an important topic for us to cover is that I've been attending a lot of um, cultural diversity workshops and um, sessions, whether at work or outside of work. And it always fascinates me when I go to an event hosted by a specific community and the majority of the attendees are of that community. And so it just kind of made me think about the actual impact that it's having. You know, for example, if if we're going to talk about women's rights and there's only women in the room. Yeah. Or if we're going to talk about, um, you know, challenges that the uh, LGBTQ plus community faces, uh, you know, if they're the only ones in the room, what difference is it really going to make, right? Yeah. So... That's why I thought, you know, we should really spend some time talk about what does it look like for us to, what would it take for us to get a more diverse group of people in that room and why is that important? Yeah. Kind of what are the challenges? Yeah. Yeah. So, because I know whenever I'm at work and I have people come up to me and ask me about the employee resource group we started, Mina, uh, one of the biggest questions I get is do you have to be (laughs) from the region to participate? And the answer is actually no, but there's still always hesitation in joining a group that you don't necessarily identify with. Yeah. Because you don't know if you're welcome. You don't know if you're wanted. You don't know if it would make sense, if it's unreasonable, all of those fears. And the answer to that is yes, you should join. And yes, you should go to the event. And yes, you should um, participate. I know that sometimes when I used to get emails from the different employee resource groups, I wouldn't even read through a lot of them because I was just kind of like, well, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So until I did attend an event and we hosted an event with, um, well, we hosted a room, a listening room for Mm -hmm. an event for the Black ERG and National Society of Black Engineers where they were talking about the talk. Yeah. And they... The panel was pretty diverse, actually, mm-hmm. um, but it was interesting to me that all of the people in the room, in the listening room, were primarily Black or African-American. Yeah. So, Ali, why does, why do you think, or do you think it's important for people to be allies? Yeah, so that's a tough one. Um, the simple answer is always going to be, well, yes, because there's strength in numbers. You need allies. You need advocates. You need people to help you fight your battles. You need people that are in a position of power that may not look like you to help you push things forward, right? Like from a legislative perspective or something like that. But the more difficult conversation about this is really about 
the structure behind how groups are formed, why they're formed, who they help, who they influence, Mm -hmm. and whether or not anybody who looks like them cares or not. And the reason why I say that is because if I look at it from an African-American perspective, historically, let's say, I know people are like, oh, this is a super old example, but the concept still applies. I'm a slave and I want to want to, I want to run away from mm-hmm. a plantation. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to a few other people that are on the plantation as well saying mm-hmm. we should run away. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest threat to that is the master finding out. Okay. What was also a threat to that is someone else who looked like me, who knew what I was going to do, that spoiled the ability for us to pursue freedom. So when I think about what engaging allies, I think sometimes people are focused on who actually has my best interest at heart that even looks like me to start. So it's so to me, it, it, it even takes a step before going and engaging someone that may have your best interest before we engage the Quakers, right? We have to figure out amongst ourselves uh-huh. who's actually on our side and who actually wants justice, freedom, the pursuit, whatever. And we bring it to today's, right? Equal pay. Mm-hmm. I want to make as much money as my counterpart makes. Um, I want the same political representation mm-hmm. as my counterpart. I want the same, you know, I want to pay the same interest rates or pay the same amount of money for a car. All these other statistics, right? Uh, the educational statistics, I want the same graduation rate. I want the same hiring rate. So even if we pull it to today, I know I had an extreme example, but even if we pull it to today, (laughs) right, the concept is still the same because I need to know who within my own group, Mm -hmm. number one, is supportive of what I'm trying to do that looks like me. And then from there, the second piece is what what I want to get at is your piece of it, which is, is it important to, to engage someone outside of my group and why is that a struggle? It's for a similar reason to me, and I know some people will disagree, but it's for a similar reason to me. It can be difficult to find someone who does not look like you, who is all about your cause and supporting you Mm -hmm. in a way that does not serve their own agenda. Complete and utter deferral of personal interest Mm -hmm. and complete adoption and support of your struggle Mm -hmm. solely Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And for me personally, I believe that sometimes that can be a stumbling block or an obstacle Mm -hmm. for people to work beyond that point. Well, I think it's, I think it's an unreasonable ask to expect someone to like completely support something without any type of self-interest. I don't disagree. I, mean, I just think it's unrealistic. No, like, I'm not saying it, maybe it's not unreasonable, but it's it's definitely an unrealistic expectation to have. I don't disagree. Your question was, why do we struggle? So I'm, <laughs> I'm answering your question as to why is there struggle? Because there's multiple layers of what are we trying to accomplish? And then there's the easy answer okay. of saying, do we need advocates? Of course, we need people. The same way someone said, Three strikes and you're out. Mm-hmm. We need someone in that same that same level of power that probably doesn't look like us mm-hmm. to undo that, right? Okay. To change laws, to change legislation, to you know reward folks for going out and actively seeking diverse candidates who are already educated, already smart, already intelligent. Like so, you need those pushes. But I, but to your question, I'm just saying that this is one of the things or one of the hesitations that people mm-hmm. have when pursuing that because. In the past, if you talk to any group, when you have a when you have something that you're pushing towards, you're fighting for, mm-hmm. and you incorporate another group of people and say, "Hey, come support me," mm-hmm. 
Sometimes with that group of people, they may feel as though what they need also may get lost Mm -hmm. or that they won't receive the same support Mm -hmm. when their time comes. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just an honest, it's an honest approach to doing something, right? It's, you know, it's the, it's the, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours sort of scenario Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. how am I convinced or how do I know that the same support that I give you will then be returned to me in the same, be reciprocated, right? Okay. So my son tells me uh, about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay. And how um, that his opinion is that it's taking... It's being less supported by black people because it's being run by non-blacks. Hmm. Is that what is your uh, so for that? I, I or honestly, is that concept in general? Like, yeah. let's take a cause that so kind of like if you know if the NAACP has somebody who's not black running it. Like I, you know, about Black Lives Matter. Like recently, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Who runs it or why? I know at one point they try to call them a terrorist group and all this other stuff, yeah, playing yeah. shooting in Dallas on them. For me, that's just par for the course being black. It doesn't matter what we do. And I know that sounds very, very pessimistic, mm-hmm. but if we go, if we roll out something, people will look negatively on it and say we're not doing it the right way. That's just been throughout history, right? We weren't, we were, you know, Americans rebelled against the British, right? Fought for their freedom. We were not supposed to do that, even though we were, you know what I mean? Even though we were subjected to oppression. So from that day, all the way to all the way to Colin Kaepernick kneeling, no matter what we do, it's not the right way. Right. right? So from that so aspect. So then the message, it, it gets diverted from why is he kneeling? Has nothing. To, to how disrespectful he was and exactly. is it right or wrong to kneel? Exactly. So let's not it, even talk about the issue. Right. Let's it's, create a different issue. It's, it's completely, so yeah. So, so the, the Black Lives Matter piece of it, I, I don't know. But what I can say from a con- conceptual perspective is I understand what he's getting at when you talk about if a group is trying to push an agenda, mm-hmm. who's responsible or who's in charge of pushing said agenda? Does it ever change? And do the folks that push that agenda look like the people that are being impacted? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a I think that's a different conversation than support, right? So for purposes of this conversation, we can say mm-hmm. there's an Iranian agenda that's being pushed. Yeah. They're looking for specific uh, political uh, representation in the state of California, right? Okay. In order to speak to those communities and push that agenda. I would expect personally to see some Iranian at the forefront of that. When I think about when I think about support, though, mm-hmm. that's going to change the face of it, right? Because now we're looking for someone that has political pull, mm-hmm. political power, sway, money, right, etc., to push that sort of thing forward. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking about someone who's not Iranian, but ha- but is willing to support that cause, mm-hmm. right? Because they believe in it fundamentally, and that mm-hmm. goes back to your thing of. Well, how many people truly believe in something 100% and don't want anything in return or don't have some other thing? And and there there very well may be someone that's like that just says, this is the right thing to do. So I'm going to do the right thing and work with you, Samir, because you represent the Iranian community. You have context, you know, very smart, intelligent people. And I'm going to do what I can in office to help bring them to the forefront of the mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. and show their talents, their skills, et cetera, et cetera. And then let's 
let's have more Iranian politicians, for example. Sure. Well, because, I mean, we also have to be just, um, I think I'm digressing, but, like, when we talk about representation, it would be very difficult to get every community represented, right? Which is why it's another reason why I think it's so important for us to be more open to engaging with each other at on different levels and because you know we can't necessarily have one representative from every community come out right um and what's good for one community may not be what's best for another community but we have to look at the entire system as a whole right um how do we level the playing fields without making any one situation worse so um i feel like if leaders and people all people in general took an extra effort in in becoming more engaged with other cultures in their own way mm-hmm. then we would empathize with each other more and we would have each other's back right so what so, does that engagement let me ask you this what does that engagement look like for you so if it's if we if we go to whatever example you want sure what does that what what for you does that engagement look like how involved do you want folks to be so like for me what does that look like in a social environment is if you are a spiritual or religious person go to a different church right right? Mm -hmm. so if i'm christian um i mean we talk about black churches or um you know Latino, you know, I guess I've never heard of a Latino church. I, I was just you, you, Catholic you, church. Yeah, Catholic, <laughs> right, right, Catholic church. But, but, but I think, I think what you, I think to your point though, you can go by demographic, right? You can go yeah. to one Catholic church in Boston and it's all white people, and yeah. then you go to a Catholic church in Arizona, right? And it's all Latino, right? Yeah, yeah, completely different. So that's one thing that I highly, I've done myself, um, both in churches um, and mosques, is have attended different ones Mm -hmm. so it's like you'll go to a predominantly black mosque or a predominantly pakistani mosque or iranian one or an arab one in each of them you know you're gonna be exposed to different ways that they do the same thing right like how do they pray what do they do when they enter like how do they greet you all those things are different right and i've done it with different churches too um just because i feel like it's a quite a different experience each one you go into um, another thing is, uh, you know, find commonalities. What are you interested in? If you're mm-hmm. interested in music, go to a cultural event, right. go to, um, I mean, we're, we're blessed to live in an area where we have all types of diverse opportunities, but it could just be as simple as going to, going to like a food fair that they have and, yeah. or whatever the community is. I feel like that's a fun social way. There's a lot of different cultural events. I love dance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, look up dance events, you know, go to a meetup. Those are some simple ways that you can kind of just go and expose yourself in a safe and friendly um, type atmosphere and to just hear. And then if you want to get into it, then you can, you know, start attending different cultural groups, business groups, night networking groups. If you want to be in a more professional context, if you're part of an employee resource group or your company has um, these types of diversity groups and affinity groups, Go to one that doesn't you don't identify with. Right. Ask questions. Listen. Right. Ask how can I, how can I support you or tell me more about how this impacts you. For yeah. example, if you're a man and a woman is saying, "I just felt like I wasn't heard." What does that look like? How does that? Correct. How how what can I do to help improve that? And these are the types of those are the things that I would recommend for people to do because, again, you know, like the whole purpose of our podcast 
is is kind of just exploring different cultures, understanding the differences, and then kind of realizing that we're not that different, right? Yeah, because everybody ultimately wants the same thing. And I wanted to key in on a couple things that you that you said, and and the and when we talk about engaging, part of engaging is learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to support you if I don't even know what it is you're fighting for. Exactly. And I think that that's a I think that that's a big thing is 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 showing up with the frame of mind to learn. I want to learn something new about you or your culture or about what you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Help me understand what it means, what's the relevance because people always, you know, people always say, well, you know, Ali's going to come up with an old, you know, slave reference, right? But for <laughs> for me, for me it establishes context, okay. right? Because for me, it's it establishes the beginning of a culture here in this country, okay. right? Stripping a culture away from another group of people, mm-hmm. right? And then changing their culture and their dynamic, their faith, their religion, their language, their practices, right? And then leads up to a period of continuing to oppress them. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying, well, why don't you do this? Right. And I'm like, well, that... That three, four hundred years set up why I'm mistrusting now. So if you don't, if you're not open enough to understand the history of someone's journey, you will never understand what they're fighting for now, why they feel the way that they do now. Right. Because you because you don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So to your point about the mosque and the practices and those sorts of things, even from a religious standpoint, Mm -hmm. those practices came from somewhere. There's a diff. There's a reason why there's a difference Mm -hmm. that Pakistanis practice differently than Indians, Muslim Indians, Mm -hmm. differently from Muslim blacks that are here. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason all that has transpired. And where do the white Muslims fall? Exactly. Right. (laughs) And so that, and to me, that's the biggest piece of it is when you go to whatever venue you choose Mm -hmm. to, whether it's a cultural event, whether it's, you know, uh, um, dance or food trucks or uh, the talk that that, uh, the black ERG had or what have you, there's always going to be people there willing to educate you and talk to you. Yeah. I've never been to an event that was not black and people just didn't want to talk to you. Right. People will always engage you. They're happy that you're there. And and coming with that mindset and that attitude of, hey, I'm here to learn, let them teach you, acknowledge what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Take that as truth. Yeah. Right. You have to accept that as true, even though you may not understand it, mm-hmm. even though it may not be your your history or, or how you think about it. Right. It's truth for that group. Right. right. And then from there comes a conversation of, OK, what do you need from me from a support perspective? Because a lot of times what you'll see is people on TV bantering one group to another. Right. You have mm-hmm. you know, you have the journalists and they're questioning um, the Iranian representative. Well, what do you want? And that yeah. you, you cannot get a positive response in that tone. Mm-hmm. The tone is, OK, right. you've explained to me you've explained to me what your group is thinking about, what they represent, what they're talking about. Now, how do I how do I support what a support look like? Right. And that's when you go into having a deeper conversation about, hey, here are the top five or 10 things that we need. And this is my this is my open challenge to folks who represent these groups, including myself, including you, mm-hmm. including other groups, is understanding what's important to your to your to your group. Right. right? What are your top five things? We're focused on education. Right. We're focused on political representation. We're focused on what have you. And in that way, that gives a greater sounding word, because, you know, sometimes people will take advantage of folks that that will just say, well, my, you know, my cousin got beat up by a police officer and I'm, I'm just tired of whatever. I'm like, okay, that's that's a good thing. 
to acknowledge, but how do you change that, right? right? And the conversation then spins to, okay, is it education in in that area, right? Is it political representation or, you know, is it, edu- you know, is it, you know, the educational system? Because I feel like, you know, our folks have a lower graduation rate, blah, blah, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So I think there's a little give and take on both those ends from people coming and learning and asking in the right way, how can I support? And then the folks that are hosting these events to say, hey, you know what, here are some top things that I feel can be supported by you. And of course, one of the good good ones will always be, you know, what's on the ballot. And not even necessarily at the federal level. Like what's on local. what's on my local yeah. what's yeah, on my local yeah. ba- ballot for the education budget in minority areas, right. for example. Right. Or oh, I don't want this higher tax, even though most of that money is going to go to public schools. Right. But I don't want that higher tax because I'm tired of them raising taxes. But what's the long term outcome of that if they do take that tax and apply it to education right. as opposed to applying it to you know I don't know something else, Bart. <laughs> Bart. Oh man, that's a whole podcast on its own. Bart. <laughs> so, and uh, some other ways that we can show up as allies. And I did a, um, I had the opportunity to speak at a conference uh, this summer at the Emerge West conference. I was, I was having this conversation about allies, like why it's important to engage allies and how Mina the ERG that we started at representing the Middle East, Europe, and North Africa at our company, that start, right? And the way we started was with the collaboration of our allies, mm-hmm. Latino ERG, Black yeah. ERG, yeah. women uh, in STEM, Asian ERG coming together to guide us and encourage us. And uh, they were eager to hear our stories. They were eager to see, they were surprised to under to even hear that, we were not being represented and that mm-hmm. we didn't really fall anywhere. And so there were three things that I kind of wanted everyone to take back with them at that conference. And the first one is um, to lose words from their vocabulary, like their, them, and they, mm-hmm. and replace it with us and we and our, mm-hmm. because what ends up happening when I say that's, Oh, they have a problem right. with immigration. They have a problem with police brutality. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, and I like that point that you brought up is that, like, you know, if you have alignment and clarity on the five different things that are important to your community, as you were saying, listing a couple off, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I can see how that would align with my community. Correct. So if we all said, hey, we want fair treatment by authorities, mm-hmm. we want. Um, better immigration policies, mm-hmm. you know, we want better education. I think we can all get aligned Correct. on those. So when we, when we say it that way, then it's, there's more engagement and it becomes our issue versus, Hey, that's a black community issue. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that's a Latino issue. That's a uh, Muslim ban <laughs> issue, right, right. you know, like the whole Muslim registry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, because, you know, we talk about self-identification a lot and there are a lot of advocates in the Middle Eastern community, you know, trying to encourage um, us to self-ID in the census that's coming up to write in, I'm Iranian, I'm this, I'm mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And there are others who are like, no, I don't want them to know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want them to know yeah. because. If, know. What does that mean for me right. if they know where I am? 
and what I am. Yeah, exactly. What's, what's the, what's the, yeah. And that, that's another episode. That's a real thing. Right. So that's, that's you know, and that's kind of one of the issues that we get concerned with because when we talked about including Middle Eastern or specifically, you know, and, and kind of identify Middle Eastern as like Iranian of mm-hmm. Arab descent and, mm-hmm. um, and other, you know, areas, one of my concerns, even myself, and I'm an advocate for self-reporting only because I think it's it'll help us get information for our community to see how can we help, who's in, who, who needs help mm-hmm. in order for us to help them. I don't even know, right? But my first question was how protected is the data, right? So if a president mm. comes in and yeah. says you need to hand it over – are you going to hand it over? Yeah. Right. So it yeah, <laughs> says we're going to register all Muslims yeah. and anyone we think might identify, you know, that, could possibly be Muslim. So, so that's, that's a whole nother issue and we'll have to get into that later, but I can, I can tell you. So you mentioned just real quick, your son mentioned about the black lives matter thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So there was a news report that they did about, the new designation in the federal government for basically being the equivalent of a black terrorist because of some of the incidents that happened. So if they identify you as that, they have the right to tap your phone. They have the right to to monitor you mm-hmm. any way they want because mm-hmm. now you're under the terrorist designation. So they did a similar thing, mm-hmm. right, way back when with the whole terrorist thing. And, okay, if you're from certain countries mm-hmm. or if you have certain uh, relationships with certain people, sure. we can jump on say board and just do – Say certain <laughs> words. I now have full legal right to come in and just look at whatever I want on you, follow you, right. et cetera, et cetera. They recently did the same thing because of the Black Lives Matter thing. Like they use some of those incidents, incidences that happen to be able to create that designation. And now they can they can follow you, track you, whatever they want. So I just say that as a segue to say that's a whole nother issue to talk about yeah. when I when I am trying to put. It, when I am trying to be forward about who I am and where I am and what I represent, mm-hmm. what are the negatives right. that can potentially come out of that right. and get that that knock at the door one night of, okay, now you're gone and you have no right. idea why. Right. 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 But we di- I digress a little bit, but um <laughs> but going 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 back to engagement, but that but that also is an important thing to talk about, yeah. right? So this is an important piece of when we engage allies to say when we're engaging allies, these are the sorts of issues that our community deals with. So outside of education, politics, those sorts of things, it's identifying and imagine Mm -hmm. not being safe saying that you are from Iran. Right. Not being safe saying you are from Iraq. Not being safe saying you're from Kuwait or wherever because of what could potentially happen if, depending on who says what during what time or what event happens, Mm -hmm. they decide to go knocking on doors and pulling you out in the middle of the night, right? And that's, you know... It can happen in other yeah. countries. It does happen. And it's yeah. happened in this yeah. country in the past. Yeah. Right. And That's I'm sure true. I'm sure in the present future, depending on on on, you know, the the year and the and the incidences that happen. Right? right. And on what soil. So right. um, I think those are, are those are important things about, you know, the, the, the cultural engagement. And one thing I want to add to the ally piece of it is when you have is there's a level of and it's hard for me to say, but. <laughs> There's a level of selflessness you have to have mm-hmm. and a level of faith. Yeah. I have to go out and say, I'm not Iranian, I'm black, and I have a ton of issues that my own community needs to deal with. Mm-hmm. But Samira's asking me for support. Yeah. It's easy for me to say, look, 
here's my list. Have a good time with yours. I have priority things that I need to work on. But in order for your point, in order to get that that ally, which which from that comes allegiance, right, Mm -hmm. is really saying I need to put an issue for a period of time, maybe for a short period of time, might only be a two hour event, right, on the back burner, Right. right, so that I can come represent for you. And my faith in the mm-hmm. system or my faith in what we are developing is that you will show up for me. Right. And that starts with the learning piece of it. I don't necessarily expect you to come out to a rally day one. Right. But I do expect that when I have some sort of learning event or cultural event, you come out, you get the story, you get an understanding. And maybe down the line, we may see you there. Or maybe down the line, when we talk about, hey, there's this thing up on the local ballot for, you know, for the county or for the state. Mm-hmm. And this is how my group thinks about it. Let's talk about what your group thinks about it and where we're in alignment. Agreed. And I think that's how yeah. that that's kind of how you want that to move, because it's, it's a tough thing trusting That, you know, trusting other folks sometimes, right? Right. And then that engagement, that initial coming to listen, to hear, to be curious about what is this even about? You know, why are people so offended about Kaepernick kneeling? Right. Like, why was that so offensive? Let me understand what they're saying. And let me understand why is Kaepernick kneeling? Like, what is, what happened? I think if we shift our mindset to understanding and questioning and and wanting to giving people the benefit of the doubt a little bit instead of quickly becoming defensive and jumping on someone's bandwagon of um, judgments and I don't want to say hate but sometimes hate but mostly judgments I think it is I think that's how we start to transform our vocabulary from that's a them issue to that's this is our issue correct Correct. Um, the second point that I had you know asked them to take back with them was to be bold Mm. you know Mm. so like you said you need a a certain level of strength and courage and faith in order to be able to to do that to to be an ally and and that's true because sometimes you're going to be with your friends who are you know people you're very comfortable with people you've known for a while or or your boss or whoever it is and they're going to be comfortable saying things in front of you that they may not say in other people and in that moment it takes a lot of courage to come and say hey you know maybe that what you said was not perceived the way you wanted to correct yeah right and this is how it possibly landed or hey that was you know, you kind of came off like a bigot, like, <laughs> like what, right. you know, and, and to be bold enough and wise enough to be able to have those conversations and call people out when no one's around to see it. Yeah. Right. So if it's I pull hard. someone's coat and just tell them, Hey, look, you know, this is what I observed and you know, I think it may have made someone feel this way or I feel like it was unfair and maybe, you know, you have some uh, biases that are in play right now for whatever reason. You just favor one person over the other. Yeah. Um, you know, but having that courage to step up and say, no, this is not OK. This is what we need to do as a community to come together to elevate past the my agenda, your agenda and say, all of these issues are important and let's find a common thread in all of them and let's work together to resolve them so that it's better for everyone else. So, right. And it doesn't mean putting your own issues on the back burner. And to your point, it's because I know that that's what you're alluding to. 
Because it's not putting your own issues on the back burner and saying, where are the commonalities and how do we get mm-hmm. strong there? Because you could say, we both have two different groups. We have 100 people apiece, mm-hmm. right? And on your top list of five is education and political representation. And that's also on my top list of five. So guess what? If we work together, we have 200 people apiece on those issues, exactly. right? And then I can go back to, well, I have another specific issue here, so I may only have that and be looking for a couple people from you for right. support. But it doesn't mean giving up certain things. It just means collaborating in certain areas where it where it's appropriate, right? Where right. it's appropriate and where it, right. where it transcends. And just because something's on the back burner, that doesn't mean it's not important. No, right? no, not so at all. So, for no, example, no, no. when you're making Thanksgiving dinner, you can't cook everything at the same time. True. Yeah. Right. So there are going to be things that you're going to put off to the last minute, like the gravy or popping the biscuits into the oven or something, you know, but you can't wait to the last minute to put the turkey in. (laughs) Turkey is going to take priority. Right. And and most folks, you know, they're working on multiple things at the same time. And I think. I think the fear not 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 to retract, not to go back too far, but the fear is that people don't want to have what they're pursuing swallowed up by someone else or for another group, right? Because you might be pursuing something similar, Mm -hmm. but it affects you in a different way or it affects me in a different way. Like Um, you were talking about offline, we had a conversation about women's rights. Yes, yes, yes. And just, you know, the the women's rights movements. And if you talk to, you know, a lot of black folks and how they wanted all women, including black women, Mm -hmm. but it didn't necessarily address black women specific issues Mm -hmm. and black women were treated very differently than white women were treated during that time and they still are right but even you can go something as simple as the as the pay range for what people make compared to white men and black women i think are 66 percent of what they make and white women are in the mid 70s Mm. right so it's those sorts of things that people are kind of like "Eh, i don't know and that's why i mentioned the faith piece of it like it doesn't come naturally to me to say that but, (laughs) but i know from a learning growing evolving way like that has to be something that happens on a broader scale as far as folks working together and finding the we're not so different place and saying, okay, let's all jump on the same thing, but let's, let's make sure that we're either supportive or we know to take a step back when it comes to an issue specifically for you and your community, let you have that. It's not my job to take that over. You have something specifically for Iranian women. Mm -hmm. If I can support you, let me know how to do so. If not, I need to sit back and be quiet. Attend one of our events. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I joke with you, but yeah, that's exactly something that we all need to be mindful of as well. It's, yeah, we can all get excited and well-intendedly just be like, oh, we're all doing this together. But, you know, we have to also be aware of like, my needs may not be the same as yours. Correct. And both of them are equally valid. So let's find a path that helps us maybe we have to prioritize this issue and then come back and and really look at these other yeah, issues yeah yeah and i think the biggest challenge is, is that we need to look at society as a whole and see what is good for everybody for everyone yeah right and, and a lot of people want to, and that's funny because <laughs> a lot of people don't talk about it because i think in another episode what we'll probably talk more about is when you start to separate the cultural piece because mixed into i don't want to get too crazy with this but Mixed into oh, all no, of it, get, <laughs> get crazy. Get crazy. Um, <laughs> mixed into all of this, though, outside of just the difference in 
skin color and the difference in region of the world and the mm-hmm. difference in demographic is also the socioeconomic piece. Mm-hmm. What impacts poor people? Mm-hmm. What impacts middle class folks? Right. And what is the sh- what are the commonalities there that transcend mm-hmm. culture and race? We mentioned one in education. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's no if, ands or buts about it. Right. If you're not properly educated, more than likely you will fail. Mm-hmm. That affects everyone of every color. But in this in this wonderful country. Mm-hmm. Right. There are walls put up in between groups that have the same th- the same item on their agendas. And there are walls that are placed between saying, oh, well, there's, you know, black over here, white over here, Middle Eastern over here, um, Asiatic over here, so on and so forth. But you all have the same common goal, right? Education is the same common goal or an aligning thread between all groups. And they don't always work together to achieve that. So you will find in places people working against, in a, on a political level, working against their own interests, mm-hmm. right? Based on some of these other defi- some some of these other dividing factors, right? So so the, the the common one you hear about is about poor folks in the South that are white voting Republican, okay. and they're voting against their own interest because. There's some other thing that they're talking about or some other thing that they're showing they've or they're saying with something that they're aligned with something that's not going to help them. Right? Like, oh, look, right. look over here at the immigrants. Meanwhile, we're pulling all your social services and you actually need that to survive. Right. By the way. But vote Republican because et cetera, et cetera. Right. right. So that would just be one example of, of. OK, I was lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's just, no, just I know I started to go down a, a rabbit hole a little bit, but it's it's saying, you know. There's a cultural aspect. There's also a socioeconomic piece of it that goes in together. Mm -hmm. And those two things together have often been set up in a way to have folks continually continue to work against one another, Mm -hmm. despite all the other reasons that we have to look at each other crazy. Right. Right. And that's a a topic for a future date. But but I think that that engagement piece of it, that thread should run throughout and and, and throughout all these things. And when you do what you said is you engage people culturally, you start to break down those walls. Yeah. You break down the culture wall and you can break down the socioeconomic wall and understand like, oh, this person wants good education for their child too. Right. Not only are they from the Middle East and I'm black, but they're middle class and I'm middle class right. or they're, you know, lower middle class and I'm lower middle class, but we still have the same issues because right. the school in your area and the school in my area, both are lacking resources and, mm-hmm. and public funds and so on and so forth. Right. And the third thing that I wanted them to take away with, uh, the group to take away with them was to be unreasonable. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first one was to remove it's like their, they, yep. them out yep. of your vocabulary, replace it with us, we, and our, mm-hmm. um, the second one was to be bold, yep. you know, stand, speak up in the space in a time of adversity you know, you don't have to be angry. You can be. It's an it's a legitimate response, but be bold enough to speak up for others who aren't there to who either aren't there to speak up for themselves or don't have the support needed to actually be heard. Because, like you said, no one's even asking why Colin was kneeling. Yep. It's more about why are you kneeling, right? right? So making sure that everyone is heard, and then the last one is to be unreasonable. So what, the, what does that look like in my perspective? Being unreasonable would be in a social setting. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about this at the Meet Your Muslim Neighbor event. But if you have a neighbor or someone who's of a different nationality, you don't know 
how to approach them. They're a Muslim who covers or they're a Sikh or have a head wrap or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Be unreasonable and just go say hi. Right. Just say hello. Yeah. You know, ask them a question. Uh, you know, ask them a question. How was your day? <laughs> right. Because nine times out of ten, help you with nine that? times out of ten, they wanted to leave work early just like you did. Exactly. They had to pick their kids up from school and they're fussing just like you did. You did. They have to cook dinner just like you do. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, they were of, in traffic these, just like you just were. Just like you were, right? Right. A little bit of road rage. Yep. Yeah. No, and then I, at work, I would say, you know, be unreasonable in, in making requests of your leaders. You know, be respectful, obviously. You don't want to just be up in their face. But, you know, use their administrative assistance as great resources. Befriend them. Ask them what their schedule is like. I've been very successful in connecting with different um, C-suite leaders through their um, assistance and just saying, you know, hey, this is the message that I'd like to send to this leader. Would you please uh, send it, give it to them? Or make sure that they see it when the time is appropriate. And I've actually gotten responses back. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and, from and the I, leaders, not just the right. assistants. And, and I've approached themselves. a few as well, and we're trying to do something on, on cultural assimilation, which which you're well aware of. Mm-hmm. And and I like that idea of being unreasonable and saying, I, I need the same amount of face time and the same amount of energy that you carry, mm-hmm. you know, spouting the company line mm-hmm. to the DNI piece of it, to the inclusion piece, to the right. diversity piece, to to making other folks feel as though their voice is heard and that they're treated the exact same way. And I actually want to have a podcast devoted to what the word equality means, because Mm -hmm. I don't think people really understand what that is. Well, we could do, oh yes, a whole episode. A whole episode on that, because people talk about everyone gets the same thing. And I think sometimes people get a little bit confused about what that means and and they focus on how far we've come mm-hmm. instead of what we actually have in comparison. Well, and I also think that, and we'll talk about it then, but I also think that when people think equal, it means that, oh, we should all, they think communism. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, right, that's right. not what we're talking right, about here. Right, right. We're no, talking about all. having things be fair. 100%. Right. 100%. So with that, we leave you guys with those three different tips. Take them with you. Think about them. Reflect on them. Try to attend a, an event or um, a social gathering that you might not have done before. Invite a friend that you've never gone out with out to lunch or grab some coffee. Just get to know them. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at wnsdifferent at gmail.com. And our handle, as always... WNS different. <laughs>